Welcome to episode 27 of the Wiretap Podcast with Alex. And Carlos. What's up, Alex? Ah, uh, what's going on, man? What's crack a lacking? Nothing, nothing. Just what's lacking the cracks? Just getting uh just relaxing at the moment, getting ready to do this podcast. Uh well, listen, man. Speaking of which, you just you just let me hear an audio that took about two minutes uh that references uh some of the drama that's going on with Nicola. Uh, those of you who may be familiar, may not be familiar, if you're wanting to know about who this specific company is, their ticker is NKLA. If you've never looked up tickers, just go on Google and type in ticker NKLA, and then you should be able to see a graph, uh, how this belongs under the NASDAQ. It's listed under the NASDAQ, and it's under it's been under some drama. I believe today it hit a, a high uh, of $10.28 per share. And I think there was an increase of what, 7.4%. Uh, and this is, this, is a, this is a ticker. This is a company that at one point uh, was sitting at what, $65 a share, $89 million uh, in, uh, in volume. Uh, and it's taken a hit recently. Alex, can you share that clip with us? Yes. And it's so- not our clip. Just Let's just put that out there. Uh, to avoid any legalities, this is not our this is not our uh, audio. This is we did not compile this. This was uh, taken from uh, social media, and this is quite interesting. Uh, and I think uh, we so can pull some lessons a, from this. It basically, it comes from it comes from opinion, not a, advice on ticker. But basically, just real quick, I just want to say that they started get momentum right, and this guy will probably fill us in a little bit. That way, you guys hear it and. Um, but basically, he made it so high that the stock the stock went so high up, and then all of a sudden it just came crashing. And um, I could definitely play it, Carlos. And it started to really take a take an increase uh, back in April of 2020, which is interesting. How in the midst of a pandemic, this company begins to soar. Alex, go for yep. it. In the recent stock market history. I'm talking about the billionaire founder of Nikola Motors, Trevor Milton, who was indicted last Thursday with defrauding investors. In order to explain what Trevor Milton and Nikola Motors did wrong, we have to start from the beginning. The year is 2015, and Trevor Milton has just started Nikola using the millions he earned from selling three prior businesses in a series of somewhat sketchy business deals. Nikola's plan was to produce hydrogen powered cargo trucks as well as over 700 hydrogen fuel stations across the U.S. Shout out to 2016, logistics. just a year after being formed, Nikola unveils their first hydrogen trucking prototype the Nikola 1, followed by the Nikola 2, and of course the Nikola 3. It didn't take long for Nikola to unveil prototypes for other hydrogen vehicles from pickup trucks to jet skis. Soon companies from all over had heard about the hydrogen vehicles and over $2.3 billion of pre-orders were placed. However, Nikola didn't actually require any cash deposits on those pre-orders. So at this point, Nikola had zero sources of revenue and zero proof of a working vehicle. But just as stakeholders are beginning to wonder if Nikola will ever have a fully functioning product, they released this video of the Nikola 1 driving down a road and fears are quickly dismissed. Forward, it's 2020 and Nikola has just gone public. Retail investors began comparing Nikola to the early stages of Tesla and the stock goes absolutely mm. parabolic. As the stock price appreciated, the company came to be worth more than legacy car manufacturers like Ford, Nissan, and Subaru, still without having sold a single vehicle. This catches the eye of some big Wall Street firms like Hindenburg Research, and this is where things start to go south very quickly for Nikola. Hindenburg starts doing some digging on Nikola and finds out that Nikola is not what it seems. For starters, remember that video of the Nikola one driving? Well, they had actually just rolled it down a hill neutral and angled the camera to make it look flat. They also discovered that the vehicle parts Nikola had shown to investors weren't even their own. They just slapped duct tape over third-party logos and called it in-house designing. Surely Nikola must at least have a team of highly trained professionals. No, not exactly. Nikola's director of hydrogen production was Trevor Milton's brother, a former construction worker. Their head of infrastructure development was a former golf course manager, and their chief engineer was a pinball machine repairman. Hindenburg releases all this information to the public along with a slew of other fraudulent aspects about the company. And soon Trevor Milton is forced to step down his head of Nikola with a cool three billion dollars in stock, which leaves us where we are today, with Trevor Milton being indicted on two accounts of securities fraud for misleading investors. Follow and like for more investing content. How about that? So, about so that, man, Alex? the interesting, yeah, dude, the interesting part is this is what happens because we have so much fast availability of information that you could either use it yeah. for good, mislead people. In this case, present a product, get it all hyped and maybe not give people enough time to react, you know, to save their money that they invested in there. Before you realize that money starts dwindling 
quick, right? The stock market starts jumping Windling down. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and dude, you lost. Like, it, imagine the people who invested when they hit like sixty dollars, and now it's at ten dollars. I mean, think about that. For every sixty market dollars, share, market now, share yeah. was at a hundred million people at one point. I'm sorry, at one point it was hundred forty-seven million in volume. That's your market share. At one I mean, point, they were really bringing in the cash. I mean, and then it's things crazy. start to change. I mean, I just just his uh, think about that video. How easy it is to manipulate people. They rolled down the truck in neutral, down a hill, and they angled the camera to make it look like it was rolling down, like it was functioning. And the guy walks away with three billion dollars in stock. All because he was able to fool people, right? All because he was able to fool people, and he was money hungry. Right, which it, 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 you get to a point. Listen, I have, I am not a, I am not a, a gazillionaire by any means, uh, but there is a, there is a book that I read once that said once you reach a certain level, and and I can see it happening now in my own life, and I'm sure you're right there with me. You get to a point where you just continue to want more, and more. Mm-hmm and more because you've hit your marks, right? You've hit your goals and you are, you are creating a momentum that you don't want it to stop. And you will Mm -hmm. do anything to get to that number, right? There is a number that everyone's got in their head. Everybody, everyone's got a number. Just like the other day, I saw somebody on Instagram, uh, a particular uh, jeweler, who is based out of New York City? Uh, someone had stolen a uh, a big thick diamond piece, right? And uh, from him, and somehow he found a way to get it back. And he said, "The way I'm going to repay uh, this individual for getting it back to me is I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to take five thousand dollars, and I'm just going to throw it in the streets." The man did that at five thousand dollars. Here comes a security guard and says, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! What are you doing? You can't do that here. You can't do that here." This gentleman looks at him or looks at her goes back to the camera, continues to just toss it. When that camera looks down, you see that security officer picking that money up. Everyone has got a number. All it takes is a number. And that is exactly what happens in these white collar crimes, man. They cannot get enough. And because they can't get enough, they'll do whatever it takes to get them to that next plank, right? To that next plateau. And then when they get to that plateau, there's another one. And now in this particular situation, if we look at it closely, their volume is at 11 million, right? Which is a huge drop of 134. And their ticker is at $10. Their market share has dropped. Their company is, is, I don't even know why there's still money in this, right? If you have, if, if well, I guess people are betting against have, it as well. Well, it could have potential, right? I get, it's still going down, if right? I think them, if it's real. That's what I'm saying. If they actually have a true product and they actually have real designs, it could, I don't know who's trying to hold on to it. I, I'm surprised it just didn't go broke. Like they're completely bankrupt on the company because man, look, it's, it's still on the downward. You can see it pick back up before the market closed, but I don't know. We just have to Look, wait and see what happens. Remove Nicola, go to Lucid. Today, Lucid had 130 uh, 136% increase. They started the day at what, $13, they closed the day at $23.38, right? If you want to go to somebody that's true, someone who's really putting it out, go to Lucid Group. They're they're killing it right now, man. So you know, and you know that's somebody you, know, you need to put that money on. If yeah, we're talking gonna, EV vehicles, right? No, correct. And, and you remember, I w- I bought early when before the uh, Churchill yeah, before tra- Capital, um, and of course my stocks just got converted over to, to them group. whenever they yeah whenever mm-hmm. they bought made the merger. It's good move, so, it's smooth. Listen, guys, we got good information for you. We've got great moves. Listen. All these Instagram people, there's only a few who know what they're talking about. You listen to us, I guarantee you, you will make some money, but you got to be wise in those picks. Alex, you just had a 136% increase in your portfolio just on that diversification piece. That's it. You didn't even got to tell me about the rest, right? So again, it's important, guys, if you're investing, just give it a share us, right? Share us, listen to us. Trust me, we are not dedicated investors, but we know what we're talking about. Easy as I that. I mean, we don't want to, the, the thing is, is like, we don't want to lose money either, right? No, yeah, of I think course we're not. All in the, we're all in the same boat. 
we're trying to make a little bit of money in the in the money that we're putting in we're hoping that it it multiplies it starts getting bigger and bigger and we're trying not to lose that either so the information that we're trying to feed is information that we're applying to ourselves just to, to make money i mean that make our money work for us so we don't have to work easy for as money. that that's right passive income coming through i mean speaking of money though have uh have, have you ever heard of lemonade alex you know, you know i i did not hear about lemonade because I'm not in that space, right? I'm not in renting. Not the a, Chick-fil-A lemonade, which is absolutely amazing. No, no, no. So what we're that. talking about is lemonade. It's an insurance company that mostly is focused on renters' insurance. So it's right. a lot of people that are renting like apartments or you're renting yeah, a home. Yeah, yeah, where it's required. Want, yep. Yeah, it's required. You want to protect your your valuables and, and you don't have, have a you know home insurance. So the easiest way is to go to lemonade and and get their coverage which i think it's like roughly around like 15 dollars a month for renters insurance and i'm pretty sure that's going to depend on how much you want to cover is that right carlos or- absolutely and what they're trying to do now and this is good for for those of you that are listening to us and your entrepreneurs there is always an opportunity to grow your market whatever it is that you're doing just an example, and, I, and, and the reason we want to bring this up is because this is a fantastic example of a situation of a company that has the ability to just grow, right? When you talk about 10x, 20x, there is so much potential here that this particular company, Lemonade, has an opportunity of $300 billion. Why? Because they have figured out that they've got the customer base, right? for insurance opportunity, right? So they sell renter's insurance. So one of the things that they're doing, Alex, is saying, hey, I wonder if our users, I wonder if our customers would be interested in life insurance. As you know, that's a $300 billion, right? $300 billion opportunity for them. So what they started to do is they started, right, cross-pollinating, right? Once they started cross-pollinating and understanding that market, because they already understand the insurance market, they already understand what they can make the price point per individual. So now it's just an opportunity to acquire a customer to say, yeah, I'd love to jump on it and get some life insurance, even though that 18-year-old to 35-year-old is really not looking for life insurance right now. It's that 40-year-old and up that's really focused on life insurance. Would you agree? That's a hardcore demographic, man. Yeah, but it, but it's it's actually like they're looking into auto insurance. They they figured that the average, you know, U.S. consumer is spending about 139 with 50 cents per month on auto insurance. Auto insurance. So yep. they figured out and they they did the math and they say, well, if we can convert 14 percent of our customers, and that's the key thing, they already have a database of users, so it's easy for them to start marketing and hitting them through emails or right, through their right, billing right, statements. Right. And they figured that they could double just with 14 percent of their customers. They they could double in in you know in premiums and basically grow grow their business sector. I mean that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, I, but I that's think it's how- a smart move. Yeah, man. And, and here's the thing. I, I, I hate to use this pun, Alex, but that is an incredible way of taking lemons and making lemonade, lemonade out of what right. you've got, right? You are maximizing your customer. You are maximizing your potential. And for any entrepreneur, this is a lesson for you. Sometimes it is okay to think outside the box because when you begin to think outside the box, there is honestly no telling where it could take your business, right? Think about what you're doing. Think about how you're saturating the market and how you can cross-pollinate into other markets by using the same CRM, right? By using the same customer base that you've got on hand and saying, how do I speak to that customer now that I know their needs, right? Now that I have those analytics, now that I know that they're interested in a product like mine, how do I cross-pollinate and bring them over to me on this particular product? That's a strategy, Alex. That's a fantastic strategy. It's a nice strategy. And look, when they... This company has, here's another thing. The company has been in the stock market for a long time. I think you can go back and pull the ticker and it goes back up to 1972. So Mm. it's a company that steadily has been growing. And since its inception, it's been up, it's almost at 4,500% since they started. I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's incredible. Uh, That's incredible. You know, 
Yeah, so basically, you can. I think it's at eighty dollars and ninety cents. That's what it closed. Um, it looks like it doesn't. It's not slowing down. And with this, who knows? I mean, they could keep going up. It's a fantastic ecosystem they've got in place, right? Again, a strong ecosystem will lead to sustainability. I'll say that again. A strong ecosystem, right? A process you have in place, a strong, well-thought-out ecosystem will lead to sustainability. That is the key in any business, even as an investor, right? If you build a strong ecosystem around your stock picks, uh, I see you right now doing research. I think you 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 might have to pull an execution on this. Uh, you might get a little excited about this one, Alex. Uh, but that's that's the piece, right? That is the important part out of all this. If you have a strong ecosystem, it will lead to sustainability. Now, you got to make the right choice. You got to do the right yeah. thing. That's no, the key. And, and, you know, and don't be afraid to pull to, the trigger. If we compare to State Farm Growth Fund, I mean, it's at 117.38. That's what it closed uh, today. It's got potential to what? That's $40. So for right, right. whatever $80 that you put in there, you'll make an additional 40. I mean, it's, it's a great it's return. It's a fantastic yeah. return. Definitely maybe need to look a little bit more into what they're doing, what their goals, look a little bit more in depth of what we're talking about, what their plan is, what, you know, what their, what their PE is, you know, ratio it's, it's at, but right, I think earnings. Uh, yeah, yeah, someone yeah. that wants to yeah, per earnings, I shout think out they, to that merchandise. I think it's a, it's a worth the looking into for an actual real investment. Yeah, man. No, no, no. And that's the thing. You got to love, right? You got to love what you're investing in. If you don't love it, you need to walk away. Again, if you don't love it, if you're not in love with it, if you're not passionate about it, don't jump in the insurance game, right? Just to get a quick buck because it could go south on you if you don't understand that specific industry. Uh, but speaking of likes, Alex, you, you brought a very... Uh, a very interesting question to me uh, before we started the show, man. Why don't, why don't you uh, flush this out for me? Because no, the, this is so a very thing, interesting question. So the, I, I believe this is, came from a yeah, viewer. Was, is, that, is that correct? Or a listener? No, no, no. Which, by the way, we need to celebrate. We, we need to celebrate. We've got 3,000 downloads across all the platforms, man. I'm really excited about that. So congratulations to us. Stick a nice little... Uh, in there man because that's that's a that's a nice little pat on the back for us anyway sorry no, yeah no, tell me about great. what you got going on right now what is this no, question no, no. you asked me basically it's it's what what are your thoughts i was just trying to see what were your thoughts on you know women with tattoos obviously it's i'm not saying that, oh if it's morally right or wrong that's not where we're going you're not going just, to morals yeah it, it's just do you like them you don't like them do you like a little bit of them depends on what it is yeah. Um, where does it become too much? Do you do you like it with it? It's if they have a sleeve, it depends on the sleeve. I was just trying to get your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I uh, I I will say here's what I will say. Go back uh, 12 years ago, and it was very uncommon to see a woman with tattoos uh, like a sleeve. Let's go back. Let's go back 10. Yeah, let's go 12 to 15 years. Very rare. Very rare to see that. It's not something that that, that I guess you can say uh, uh, society, right, saw as, mm -hmm. if I can use this word for the sake of, I guess, marketing opportunity here, uh, sexy, right? Uh, I, I don't believe that 15 years ago, that was a piece that, uh, that was incredibly vitally important uh, for individuals uh, when they thought about a woman and said, you know, do I really mind a woman with tattoos? I think, I think if you go back 10, 15 years, you would know that if a woman did have a tattoo, it'd be the typical on your wrist, right? On your mm -hmm. wrist, on your finger. Uh, I know somebody who's got one on their hand, right? And even though it's, it's coming off, uh, it was something like, or even in the, in the back, we won't refer to that. Uh, what that is, but you know, right, right above the right below the waist, uh, or, or sometimes on their shoulder, right in the back of their shoulder. But now, it's it's to a point where it's a whole sleeve, or two sleeves, right, or a whole thigh, or a whole leg, just a whole leg, just decorate it, right? Make me colorful, make me look like a, a peacock, and that's fantastic if that's your thing. But for me, if you're asking me, Alex, I think uh, 
I think uh, it would depend. About that, you're not. You're, so you're not a big fan of this. Look, I don't mind. A, no, 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 like, no, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not a big fan. No, no. What I'm saying is, if a lady can pull off a sleeve, I'm in. If she cannot pull off a sleeve, take it off. Right. No, well, but I believe that right? less. <laughs> I believe I. I believe that less is more. That's just me. Again, less is more to me when it comes to tattoos. No, I mean. I, I think it just depends on the tattoo. I don't I don't mind a, a girl with a sleeve. Um, just depends. Uh, you know what I don't you like want is your the, name what, on there. Like you got just your name. No, it's just what I don't like is like when you start doing like sticker tattoos. You know, it's just like oh, okay, a bunch okay. of sticker. It's like you got a sticker and you stick it on there for no reason. <laughs> and there's no prime thought or reason, and you just put them in there, just and they're there. all random. And the, you and want the, the circle. Doesn't... You want the circles, right? Because it's it's never ending. You want that. You like that. No, stuff. no, no. It's it's you've seen them before. I you mean, like they the got comma. Like all red. Do you like the comma? Do you like the colon? Right? That my no. story continues to be written. You seen those? Oh. No, no, I have not seen them. So I would just say it really just depends yeah. on the tattoo. I don't really mind. Some tattoos are better on certain body styles and then others. It just depends on which one you're you're what you're doing uh but i don't know i think you really need to make a thought I don't, I don't think people should get tattoos just for the heck of it and then they regret it later right yeah but it's but it's something that you do like on a lady is what you're saying i mean i do like them um i don't have any i don't have any personally but i mean i don't mind a small little tattoo Ourselves, or I don't mind a sleeve. It, I just, I don't know. It just really depends on how it's made and how it's put together. Gotcha, gotcha. That's you don't was, want you're you're not okay with a big cheetah on the side of a thigh, is what you're saying. If it flows, okay. I'm not what I'm sure saying? what that means. Can you can you elaborate? No. That so what I'm saying, like if it's got a theme to it, not okay. if it's like oh, if it's just so if that, it's just a it, cheetah and there's some leaves around it and they're like you know, uh, in the rainforest it, looking for something. Like, you want a thematic piece there. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it could be leaves. It's just how it's put together, Carlos. I think okay, that's the okay. main thing. Because well, if it's put together, yeah. if it's put together, like, where it makes sense, and I could probably show you some example. There's some good people out there on Instagram. It's just like, there's a tattoo place. Uh, shout out to them. It's just Peaks and Valleys in, in, in oh, Sacramento. Okay. But gotcha, gotcha. they do a lot of, like, big sleeves and everything and they try to put the whole design where it actually just flows and it could be different mm. things i just don't i just don't like where it's let's sloppy. just pretend it yeah it's sloppy it's not put together lines are not so you what i would say and i would recommend everybody is do your research to who you're gonna go to let me ask you this do you prefer the the black and white or do you prefer yeah, the colored sure. in stuff like the, the no hippie i prefer the black and gray Okay, okay, okay. You prefer the hippie that. stuff, the color. Yeah, I, I call it I the hippie the stuff. I don't know why. I, ever since I was a kid, I've always said, "Oh, you got that hippie <laughs> tattoo," because there's colors and it reminds me of like Sunny and Cher, like back in those yeah. days. It's it's weird how my mind works, but yeah, no, that's interesting, man. I thought it was a very interesting question that you posed uh, as we're talking about things that we like and dislike. But you know what I really dislike? What's this that? Robin, this Robin Hood IPO, man. The Robin Hood. I know it's, I, it's it's pretty crazy. I, go go ahead. I I just don't get it. I don't know why people continue to invest in a company that did not allow their customers to pull the trigger when they wanted to pull the trigger. If you're willing to do shady stuff like that before you were public, what makes me think that you're not going to do shady stuff like that to me when you are public? Who are you to be the stock police? right? Who are you to control how much I invest? Who are you to control when I can invest and when I can pull out? Sounds to me, listen, man, I've always said this. If it sound, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. And I think this is one of those ducks. You know what else I'm going to say? And it's not going to be pretty and I hope it don't come back on us, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've Robin Hood to me, just to me, just to me, I'm going to say that so, so I can keep, you know, keep you out of this, Alex. To me, it's a Nicola. 
I think I think be. there's just so much stuff there, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna use the hey, word stuff. <laughs> just yeah, stuff. no. Now I mean it. It's just it's hard Oof. to say because because there's some other companies that I think even E Trade also it restricted some some buying purchasing power. There was Weeble and all. there was a couple of them out there that did it, but the problem is that. They came back and said, "Hey, you know, we did wrong. This, this, and that." Or, I'm not sure. Uh, but Robert this guy Woods ran around. Saying, he ran in circles when they asked him the question. He ran in circles. Yeah, just Robin. And then, you know, I think you broke up a little bit. That's why I paused. But yeah, um, I think the other companies they took it back and they say they restored or they made some things happen where they allowed because the actual exchanges that are doing the actual like you know buying and selling of the shares restrict a lot of that stuff i don't know i think it needs requires a full investigation and it needs to be transparent but since they were a private company i don't know how much they can get into it but since they're you know doing exchanges the sec has to be involved 100 percent. i don't trust them you know this sec or who no i don't trust robin i just don't trust i'm sorry i don't don't trust them either yeah i don't don't trust them either i I just don't don't trust them you start off well, shady. I, what makes you think you're not going to end shady? Yeah, and okay. the guy. Now here's the guy, what I will know, say. Here, here's what here I will say. Guys. He had a seven percent increase today. The market closed at a seven percent increase even after hours, eight o'clock tonight, just a little while ago. The market still continued to grow, of point six four percent. He's like the guy from WeWork. WeWork. He's like this weird. He's like the CEO. Right. Weird. Yep. Yeah, man. I agree. No, I mean. It reminds- of him it reminds me of the same guy and everything and it's probably because of the long hair and the slender body no and the shady stuff <laughs> the shady stuff too yeah yeah yeah, yeah, see, yeah it's yeah. like he see what well, the thing is it he tried to make it cool robin hood we're here for the people not blah blah just here to take care of the money. poor and at the end of the day they just become another crook and they try to take your money or stop you from doing anything and yeah. sell your information I mean, right, there's a lot right. of things. There's nothing. I don't free. trust them either. There's nothing free, guys. There's nothing free. You are paying for it. There is nothing free. How can you buy into a six hundred dollar company that has a six hundred? I'm sorry, a six hundred dollar ticker. Let's just go there. A six hundred dollar ticker, and you can buy a piece of it with Robinhood. I'm not going to begin to break that down. How he's able to do that, but I'm just going to tell you, it's shady. Once it collapses, you're done. It's just a big old pot. That's all it is, Alex. It's a big old pot, and that scares me. Yeah, because technically, I mean, it's like you, you were buying a share. Let's just say it's Amazon. So, and we want to buy a hundred, uh, say a hundred dollars, uh, just of Amazon. Amazon. Well, they take my hundred dollars. Yep, they take my hundred dollars. They take. Let's just say you put two hundred. They take your two hundred. And this other guy, another guy, we buy one share and we're splitting us. Okay, everybody kind of owns this little piece. And then eventually it's hard to keep. I don't know how they're doing or their computers and the algorithms and everything of how they're keeping track. So when you actually sell, like, are you selling and you someone else is just buying a fraction? I mean, it's another, I don't know, it, it could get more complex, but I don't I don't really trust it. If it collapsed, it, it would collapse, I think, in a in a bad way instead of you owning a share outright. I just smell stuff, bro. I'm, I'm just being real. I smell stuff. Just a bunch of stinky stuff. That's all I'm saying. That's just me. I'm just saying. But, you know, well, a lot of people if you want to invest that, in it, you want to jump in it, go for it. No, a lot of people think that, I mean, it's here to stay. They think Robinhood is, is here to stay. They think that it, the stock market... I mean, it's going to be one of those that outlast. I'm not sure. I was going to try to pull up the IPO really quick. Um, yeah. Did you have it right there on hand or what? I do. I do. It's got an so, average so volume like, of 85 million. So it's quite, it's, it's, it's quite the market share. Let's just be honest. Uh, I don't see, there's no pay, there's no dividends. There's, there's nothing like that. Uh, market cap of 45 billion. So it's, it's got a serious valuation, right? This is a very serious valuation. I'm sure if it was up to him, he's thinking this isn't enough. We need more. Uh, he's because he's just that kind of guy, right? Uh, again, that's the guy that wants to get to that next plateau, right? Wants to get to that next edge. 
that next ledge, if I could use that. So today, the day range ran from 53 to 60, and I think the market is going to have. Listen, that's a that's a that's a big wide open gap, man. You know that seven dollar gap. That's a big gap to me, Alex. Uh, and and I just I don't know. Again, personally, I, think, I, I smell a bunch guy, of stuff. I think this guy didn't really my assessment. I don't think he thought that the company was gonna go any bigger or potentially make keep making money as being private. And I figure he'll he'll go public, see how much they can go up, and he's trying to cash out the majority. I want to say fully, but I think he wants to cash out a, a good portion of it and just secure secure the bag. You know. Once he starts selling or once he start removing himself, we know something's up. It might get too big. It might get too big, right? It might get too big. There could be a hedge fund advisor into all this mess, and we just don't even know it, man. Uh, Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. But again, that's, that's, that's just some of the stuff that I think to myself. You know, again, I just go back to, bro, be honest, right? And it leads to the next segment that we wanted to talk about today. I definitely wanted to talk about this. Won't take too much time as we talk about honesty. Listen, there are so many jobs that are coming open. We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. People are getting hired. Uh, People are getting back into the workforce. Uh, There's interviews that are taking place. Uh, I've I've even uh, been able to consult uh, some people on some 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 high some high level uh, positions that they're working towards. And uh, what I will tell you is, uh, there's an article that I read, man, that I was just like, you know what? That's so true. Uh, you know, there is a big question, and 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 I'm sure everyone has 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 been through this. Usually, when you go to an interview, you get all dressed up. Hopefully you're doing some research on who the company is and what the company does. Please make sure you do that. That way, when you show up, you know what you're talking about, number one. But number two, one of the other biggest things that I wanted to uh, definitely bring into this is in that interview, a lot of the times they will ask you, you know, yeah, 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 right off the bat, tell me about yourself before, because they're trying to loosen it up, right? They're trying to make you comfortable. They're trying to get comfortable. They may be nervous. You may be nervous, right? It's all in that. And sometimes a lot of these companies, Alex, they want to know what kind of people are coming on their team, right? Some people care. Some people don't care, right? Do they want an uptight person? Do they want someone who's an introvert? Do they want an extrovert? It just depends what the position is and what their vision is for their company, right? I tend to do that all the stinking time. But one of the interesting parts about this particular article is it talks about the very first question, you know, when they say, well, what's your name? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, so tell me about yourself. You ever had that? Do you remember being interviewed and that question coming up, Alex? No, I mean, yeah, for sure. And then for also, we that's the question that we ask, you know, when we're interviewing people for a position as well. Because like, yeah. tell me a little about yourself, just trying to get to know the person, see what they're up to, their interests, their likes. Uh, trying to get just a little bit more information before you start actually pulling information that you for the job, right? But you want to see right. what type of person this, what kind of, what does he enjoy? It, right. it kind of tells you a little bit about the person, but keep going. Yeah, man. And those are, and those are leadership qualities that you want to see in an employee before they come on board, right? You want to see how they stick out as a leader. You want to see how they stick out as an individual. But one of the biggest things is sometimes, and this has happened to me when I'm interviewing Alex, is when I ask that question, sometimes people go off into la la land. Oh yeah. You know, I really enjoy watching conspiracy theory and I allow it. Like I let them run for it. Like if you want to go down that route, (laughs) Hey, let's have some fun. I'm probably not going to hire you if you're not what I'm looking for, but I'll let you run that route. Right. I'll Mm -hmm. let you take that route. You take that ball and you just run, sir. You know, and they'll be like, oh man, I, you know, I really enjoy conspiracy theories. And I was watching a conspiracy theory about aliens. And I really do believe aliens are among us. Right. And you start to just say, okay, could you imagine this guy on a conversation trying to sell a product or uh, in customer service? Carlos, and all of a sudden he jumps into me, story time. <laughs> oh, God. So, story time. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You need to you need uh, to come up with a little sound for story time. Yeah. Like somebody comes into the house. Story time. Okay. No, yeah, so Hello? we actually had one of those employees. Oh, God. And he luckily he was not a full full employee um you know when you hired when you're back you you know you got backlogs and you're trying to clear and you sometimes go through an agency to get you some help that 
is not fully, fully new, but has a little bit of an idea of what's going on. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Essentially, they can get a, a hired a position. So we had one of those in our company, and I mean, the guy was all right. He he oh he he wear a chain like those old school chains like, with your wallet to a chain. Oh to yeah, that Jinko yeah, style, no, that Jinko skater yeah. style. So this guy's all about like conspiracies and all this stuff. And, you know, I enjoy talking about conspiracies. I don't know if this is our uh, show, but essentially we could bring on a couple conspiracies that we, it was like, oh, this one's kind of convincing or, or whatever. Um, Cause it, it's an interesting topic too. By, by the, the way, way, I know he, a guy who's all about it. I'll probably, I'll, we'll talk about it. We might be able to get him on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind having a little conspiracy talk and everything like that. They're interesting. They're, they're, they're worth it, right? But anyways, so when I had this guy in the van, in the van, say when I was out in, in before I was on the field, yeah, 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 when yeah, I was yeah. The field, um, it was interesting to have these conversations with this guy, and <laughs> like sometimes they were a little bit out there. He went to a customer side, and he was there, and 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 suddenly they feel like, oh, it's okay to talk about that. No, you don't oh. do that with the customer. You keep that Ooh. kind of stuff, and you keep it professional. Oh. Uh, tip guys, keep it professional. People don't right. want to hear about that stuff. Um, yeah, that's why there's yeah. a reason why you don't talk about politics, religion, Ever. and conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. theories and with clients Kip. and customers. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, he starts talking about conspiracies and all this other stuff. Man, like as soon as that guy turned around, the they, the customer called our office. <laughs> to, like, he wanted to talk to someone that was in charge. And guess what? By the end of the day, the guy got God. fired. God. All yeah, because he wanted to tell people about his conspiracy theory. Yeah, you don't do that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, no, I understand what you're saying about an interview. There's, There's been times where you ask someone about what's going this and you start asking different kind of questions or you start poking a little bit more. And then they say, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't ready for that. I was this, this, and that. I wasn't ready for this other stuff. So as soon as that happened, it tells us what this person is not going to be ready for multitask. When you start pushing the, when you start pushing the envelopes, let's just say, cause we're in a technology, I'm a technology company, right? So yeah. we're always cutting, yeah. trying to look for the cutting edge. So right. Right. if I task you with the cutting edge question or product or trying to solve something, I know you're not going to be the guy cause you're not going to be ready. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. But anyways, this guy just blew out the, the interview. <laughs> it, it wasn't going anywhere. As soon as we came out, I told my my, my general manager, I was like, ah, that's not going to work. Mm -mm. And then later on, because he actually knew him. He, the guys were a sharp dude, but, and then he told them, was like, dude, you, you screwed up. I was like, you, I told you to be ready. These guys, I told you Alex was going to hound you on questions and this. And you just didn't deliver. I'm, and I'm sorry, it's not going to work out. I mean, so, you know what I'm saying? Go ride your spaceship home, bro. <laughs> no, this guy was not a conspiracy theory. It's just telling you, hey, you got to be ready. You got to be ready for questions, know what to ask. If someone else right. like, hey, what's right. your interest? You know, people want to hear about it. And I'm not saying lie about it. Yeah, but yeah. You and be that's, honest. Yes, yes. And that's what it says, right? That's the key. Be honest but always bring it back about the role and the responsibility you're about to take on. You feel me, Alex, on that? Yeah, dude, think about it. If you ask me, hey, what's like, what do you like to do? Well, hey, I'm, I, you know, I like to spend time with my family. I'm, I do this. I, I dedicate, you know, when I'm on my off time, help my, my son go to, to his uh, soccer, you know, his academy or whatever, do this, go, go to games, just spend time with family, do this. And so when you do that, it's like, oh, this is a guy's family time. He likes this. It's like, oh, it kind of yeah. goes with my values. So you're trying to connect. That's really what right, it comes down right, to. Right. I'm you want to find some you. common ground, common ground. That's right. Yeah. I think you said it before. We're trying to find that common ground. It's like, oh, you, you like camping. Oh, I, that's what I like to do as well. This, but now nah, I like the conspiracy. I like to go at night and just watch videos. You whisper like that? Did he whisper like that? Did he whisper? No, I'm just kind of putting a dramatic effect here. Oh, that's good. It's very dramatic. But that's the key, man. See, in that situation, 
like you said, if he would have said, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm a family man. I love spending time with my family. I believe in quality time with family. I love to take my son on soccer. My son has gotten into soccer. I love him to win. And it's kind of like how I feel about this position. I know that if I'm a part of this corporation, I know if I come on board here, I'm going to win. I'm going to blow it out of the water. I've been in this industry for over 15 years. I'm dedicated. I show up on time. Look at my history. I've got nothing but possible uh, you know, uh, uh, success stories that I could, you know, use right now. Again, you take that moment and you make it about you. Yes, but you bring it back around, right? Remember why you're there. You are not there to talk about your values. You are not there to talk about politics. You are not there to talk about conspiracy theories. So as you are at a job interview and the very first question they're going to say to break the ice is tell me about yourself. Tell me about you. Who is Alex, right? And then it's on from there. It is your job to sell yourself and make sure you sound sane, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. Make sure you sound sane, make sure you can get the job done and make sure that when you walk out of there, that guy is thinking we need him on the team. Easy as that. So it's like one of the questions that I always ask is like, tell me an interesting story that you had with a customer or a client that they tasked you with a, a very challenging um scenario or a challenging whatever right and how did you overcome it tell me like what was your your thought process because in our sector of technology you've always had customers that that are need extra or they need to do be able to do something that's a little bit different and they and they push you and they challenge you and you got to overcome that and come up and there's always interesting stories if you're if you're doing high level clients so with, with that question, what I'm trying to figure out is exactly where the customers that you were dealing with. Because you can tell me, oh, yeah, we would deal with large customers, large commercial yeah. businesses and everything. Yeah. But really? Because if you did, then they would start pushing you in those boundaries. Yeah. When you tell me, it's right. like, oh, no, it's just this and that. Well, then I know that you didn't. You were more mostly stuck in the me medium to lower commercial business. And we're trying to hire you to do volume. large commercial. Correct. Right. So. Right, right. That's the question that I use to try to pierce through that and figure out where level you are. And was yeah. like, oh, no, I didn't don't really have stories. That's the majority of them. And someone was like, yeah, I do this. And then um, so that's what I try to do to figure out what level they're at. And, and sometimes it's better for them to just say, it's like, no, I haven't done it. I stick to the medium and everything. But I love to learn. I like the enthusiasm. I'm looking for a company that I can grow in, a company that's going to push the boundaries because where I'm at, I'm stagnant. I haven't grow. I don't see any area of improvement. And then it's like, oh, OK, so there's a guy that's willing to be taught or learn to go somewhere and we can work with that. See what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, no, no. I, t I totally get that, Alex. And that's the thing, man. Look. My whole point out of this conversation, out of this discussion topic is always bring it back. And that's exactly what you're doing. Always bringing it back, always circling back around. Yes, be honest. Yes, be real. It's all about that. They want to know who the real person is, but there are certain things you just need to keep to yourself. Look, there are some things in everybody's closet that, <laughs> that companies, your boss does not need to know. Keep that in the closet and show your professional self. Use that acronym, keep. Keep it professional. So, you know, again, I just wanted to bring that up, man, because there's so much going on right now when it comes to hiring and talking about interviews. And it just triggered my mind today uh, when I had a, a conversation with somebody who was really uh, actually going for a, a VP a job interview. A, yeah, big VP position. But hey, man, have you, uh, no. I, I know you're a fan of, yeah. Well, hold on, a little fan. Tell me, I was now that we're talking about interviews and everything. Yeah, I, mean, I know that you had you had a a business meeting or maybe I don't know what it was, but you had the VP, the Vice President of the United States, on your Zoom or something. Oh man, yeah, 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 yeah. So I forgot. I, you I don't actually, really like to talk about those things, do I? No, I, I really don't. No, talk but about those things. I, I, I saw that in your last in in our previous episode, you had already had that meeting, and I just forgot to mention it. And then I was like, man, why didn't I ask? I was super curious. And I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not going to even say nothing. I'm just going to save it for the show. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You mind saying a little bit of what, how, how she was like, or what your experience was, or what was it? A little bit, whatever you yeah. can share. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I won't. I won't get into it too much. I'm not going to get into the weeds. It was a. Uh, it's part of the Small Business Administration. Uh, the Small Business Administration right now has been tasked to give billions of dollars uh, to small businesses, and I have played a major role uh, with some of the businesses that I've played a major role in. And I had the opportunity, man, and I'm very humbled by it. Uh, that my company was able to play a role in a public-private strategies meeting uh, that involved the vice president. And it was basically an opportunity for her to discuss uh, the importance of small business, the, important of, uh, the importance of small business being the backbone of our country uh, versus large business. You got to keep in mind that in order, you know, you look at these large companies, you got to remember they started small. So the backbone is truly small business. So I had the opportunity to do that, man. And uh, I won't get too much in the weeds on it, uh, but it was basically a good opportunity to say, look, Here's what the government is doing. Here, how people are participating. And on this panel, these individuals have played a major role uh, in being heavy hitters for the Small Business Administration. And uh, I was I was very fortunate. I'm not going to lie. I, like I said, I don't talk about this stuff. I don't really like to brag. Because mm. if I feel like if I say it, I feel like I'm bragging. I'm not really bragging. I'm just very, uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I have gotten in my life. And uh, that was yeah. certainly one of them to be able to be uh, uh, in the same room, right? as uh, Vice yeah. President Kamala Harris, who at one point, who knows, could be our next president. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about it, that allegedly we back in the youth, we were maybe street racing or not, <laughs> you know, maybe you know not, what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe not, not allegedly, maybe allegedly, <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's not just, it's just story time. But um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how, you know, you don't ever know where you're going to end up that you're you start at somewhere, your life and your paths, and you follow other people. If you follow the crowd, maybe it leads you to a different direction, and you got to be able to know when to pivot and when to go. Yeah. And now you're standing in a Zoom call with the vice president of the United States. I mean, that's pretty crazy, man. So congrats on, on that you, piece because that's Thank a big you, achievement there. Thank so. you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. It so is, I, that's why it I wanted is, to make I mean, sure I brought it up because, I mean, I think that's that's pretty crazy, I mean, to think about it. Yeah, man, it was. Uh, it, it, let's just let's just say uh, I couldn't believe it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I, mean, I I could not believe that. Um, and the cool part is uh, the invitation came to me. Uh, that was that was the the really cool part. I gotta frame it. Now that I say that, I gotta frame that. I gotta frame that. Uh, I gotta frame that invite. And um, you know, we. I love what I get to do, Alex. Right. I love I helping businesses. Uh, I, I, I love helping businesses grow. I love being a part of, of, of our own business, of, of taking it to the next level. And when you partner up with the Small Business Administration, you're, you're listen, man, it's a lot of work to connect with those guys. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of uh, checks, a lot of boxes to check. It's a, it's a, lot, of, uh, a lot of requirements that, that comes out of it. But I've been able, I'm not going to lie to you, man, I, I have been able uh, I've been very fortunate to receive some some heavy funding. I'll just say that some heavy funding, uh, and, and I'm incredibly grateful uh, that I was part of the public and private strategies because at the end of the day, it is a strategy, and I'm all about strategy. Uh, that's that's what my life has been about, and um, I'm, I'm very grateful, man. I will say that. So I appreciate no, that's, that. That's, Thanks for the no, shout. No, that's out, great, man. dude. No, no, no problem, dude. So what were you gonna ask me, or what? You know, uh, look, I I uh, I just talked about this. Uh, I am mesmerized. Listen, I am blown away. I'm mesmerized. If I can use that word, I'll go back to it. I am infatuated with this old man, right? If I could use that in the most respectful way, I am infatuated uh, with Warren Buffett uh, being one of the richest men, richest men in, in the world, honestly. And there's some things that stick out to me that are really some really cool lessons behind what Warren does. And I don't know if it's it's because it's his age, Alex, that at some point you're just like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Or if it's really a strategy. And that's that would be, you know, I don't get me wrong, I enjoyed my time with uh, Vice President Harris, uh, but I'd love an opportunity to hang out with, with Warren Buffett, mm -hmm. even if it was 30 minutes just to just to bend his ear, man. But there's some things that stick out to me. And and I and I recently pulled some information and I'm incredibly blown away by. For example, let's jump into it. Number one, Warren Buffett's house is the same house he bought in 1958. Still lives in Omaha, in, in, in Omaha, Nebraska. That house hasn't changed. There's, there's been some things that have been added for aesthetics, 
but it's the same house since 1958, bro. Isn't that something? You would think this man would want to just deck out. I mean, have you seen, have you seen, have you seen uh, Microsoft? Have you seen Bill Gates' house? No, I mean, all of them guys, right? I mean, they're, they're. (laughs) And then you look at Warren's and you're like, did he miss a, did he miss the memo? (laughs) Does he know he's rich? (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, have you seen the second fact? This is a very interesting fact. I mean, why don't we go back and forth? Yeah, why don't we go back and forth? Because no, so, really so basically cool he, yeah, and he, I've known he, some of these, yeah. So he basically starts his breakfast with McDonald's pretty much. <laughs> he he loves like just a cheap little bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit sandwich. And sometimes he'll eat like a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich. Um, sometimes he'll buy like just a, just a one with two patties and a Coke. <laughs> Like, I mean, he just likes, and he loves uh, to drink Coke. The man is a Coke drinker. Yeah, yeah, he just loves Coke. I mean, that's what it says on here, and he's just been doing that for a long, long time. Yeah, man, he, he and, likes and, cheap breakfast. Yeah, so, so I mean, he goes to McDonald's, buys a, a sausage egg McMuffin, and he calls it a day. That's his. That's his morning breakfast. So, if you're trying to figure out what does somebody like that eat for breakfast, you know what? They go and get that one ninety nine at McDonald's. That's how he does it. Uh, the third part of that I really enjoy, and I believe that we've got 11 pieces, and I have heard some of these, so so I know this is not something that somebody came up with. This is actually uh, coming out of an editorial that came through a bank where he was interviewed. Uh, he likes to buy reduced price cars. Uh, at the recent interview that I saw him do with CNBC, him and Charlie Munger, uh, he was talking about how he still drives, I think it was his Crown Victoria. <laughs> Still drives that Crown Vic. You know which one's the Crown Vic he's talking about, man? The old cop yeah. cars, bro. Yeah. I doubt he's got that that light on the left, you know, on the driver's side, which is probably one of the coolest lights on a car back in the day. But he still drives his Crown Vic. It's a Crown Vic, I believe he has. And then some Lincoln. I think it's like an older Lincoln. So, hey, all power tool, man. No, but you know what, dude? Maybe this, it's just his persona, dude. Because at, at some point when you have so much money, like it's okay to buy whatever car you want, right? It's that ten percent rule um, that most people around that tend to do when you're making a lot of money. But right, yeah, right. number four, he just enjoys like order ordinary hobbies, just a uh, cheap, affordable hobbies. Um, he likes playing like games, like card games. Um, I mean, it's just like anything that you find videos of himself playing instruments with you know he likes to play instruments instruments so so it's just basically hobbies that are cheap that anybody could afford really yeah no no no. it's it's a really cool thing one of the other things that i've noticed about him is that when he's around bill gates like if they're doing an interview he is so chill so Mm -hmm. laid back it's not a it's not a ping match if if you get where i'm going we want to make sure we make this uh, kid friendly. It's not a peeing match. It's not who's, you know, who's got it bigger, if I could use that term, right? It is yeah. genuine conversation where they're complimenting each other. Uh, they're uplifting each other. And they're saying, you know, he's got a strategy. I've got a strategy. And both we have, we've both made it successful. So we can't tell you that there's one way we've gotten here, right? Uh, everyone has to take their own path. And that's what I really enjoy about Warren Buffett, man. I mean, number six, dude, he used the Nokia flip phone. Everybody remembers <laughs> if you're around the, our age, the, those were pretty cool back in the days. And and I guess he found it very practical and he used that for a very, very long time. Um, he, and uh, eventually, of course, like anything, it broke. And at the time of the interview, he actually had an iPhone 11, which, uh, which more modern, but he stuck with his Nokia flip phone for a very long time. Isn't that cool? Yeah, man. That's hey, that's you know, here's the thing too. Frugal. Frugality and, at its best. And he's been given a lot of iPhones though. Like it says like that he was given a lot of iPhones, but including uh Tim Cook gave him a few of them, but he didn't get it, he didn't use them until the actual Nokia flip phone broke. Pretty crazy. You know, I guarantee you there's things that that man has that we we would probably still right now would be blown away that he still has it versus having the latest and the greatest, man. Uh, one of the other cool parts is usually when you see people like, you know, uh, you, you know what it's like, guys. Everyone watches Instagram. Everyone gets on TikTok. You see some of these big social media guys. You see these, these YouTubers or uh, really, honestly, they're YouTubers, right? 
and they're, you know, when they're out and about, they've got their suits on, they're in front of a jet. 50% says it's really not theirs. They just rented it uh, or they're found a way inside a private airport or it really is there. But usually what you find is a lot of times they have these designer suits, right? They're so clean, so crisp that Armani, man, I've got a couple suits that I've paid some money on, but it does not compare to some of these suits that some of these guys wear on social media. And, and Warren, back in, what is it? 2007 met a Chinese entrepreneur uh, who was a fantastic, uh, he could sew incredibly well. Uh, he wasn't a hardcore designer. He wasn't wearing Gucci, right? He's not wearing, uh, you know, we can go all day, Mark Jacobs, et cetera, et cetera. He, uh, he met this entrepreneur uh, named uh, Madame Lee. And since 2007, he's been buying his suits from uh, a man who was really not into designer suits. And I think that it's perfect. And he says they fit perfectly. Uh, I get compliments on them all the time. And I always say I'm wearing Madam Lee suits and I get compliments all the time. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the coolest parts, I think. Nah, but who wouldn't love a, a nice designer suit, right? But regardless of that, anyways, um, He's also very like coupon. So if he goes like to, you know how the, you get coupons in the mail with McDonald's, Burger King, and all those good <laughs> the stuff. Sunday, uh, the Sunday coupons, yeah. Yeah, but basically he had a trip that he did with Bill Melinda Gates at the time back in 2017. And it was an <laughs> investor thing. And he was like, you know what? I'll pay for the food or whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> I pay, I'll pay for the food amongst billionaires. Okay. But anyways, he goes out and they're in Hong Kong and they're at McDonald's and he starts pulling out of his uh his pocket coupons to get discounts. <laughs> and then um, what a sense of humor. What a sense of yeah, humor. Yeah, I mean, and he just basically paid with coupons and you know, whatever. Hey, that's how the rich stay rich. Let's go with that one, man. It's really again, it's a you don't know if this is like you don't know if this is a joke, but when you look at everything else, you say, you know what? he may be right, right? This may be something that he really does. I mean, this is a, a billionaire, a billionaire who clips coupons and he pays at McDonald's in a foreign country with coupons, right? So I think that is that is hilarious. I'm sure Bill Gates is probably looking at his wife, Melinda, thinking, what just happened? But that's, that's Warren. That's what you see constantly with him. Uh, another piece that I really enjoy as well, it's, it's, it's really exciting to, to read more and more of this, is he's worked in the same office building for over 50 years. Over 50 years, the same office, same building, more than likely, probably the same staff, man. I'm more than sure that's the case. He's probably just growing different staff at different parts of Berkshire. But I mean, you know, I... I could I could relate to the man. Listen, our our previous administration, our previous president, you can go to some of these major cities and you can see his buildings and you think to yourself, my gosh, that is a beautiful building and that is a powerful real estate move. You know what I mean? Uh, and that's yeah. not Warren. That's not Warren at all. It's not his approach. No, Carlos. And and see the thing is, is like I maybe there's some some of us like that building. It makes perfect sense. But then there's like some like this. It says like he finds outside the box thinking to save money. When he had his first uh, child born, he converted a dresser drawer into a space where the baby can sleep instead of bu buying a bassinet. And then for his second child, he borrowed a crib <laughs> rather than buy one. buy one. You know, it's like he's gonna grow out of it anyway, right? That's true, but man, if well, who knows, right? Maybe at the time he wasn't making that much money or whatever the case, he was investing heavily in his company, whatever. But if you're actually at the position where you have money, it was like, come on, man. I mean, that's 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 just the way he likes to roll, man. And I listen, I can I can admire that. I'm not gonna lie to you, Alex. I can admire that, and I can honestly say, you know what. You keep on and keep doing your thing, Warren. I mean, that would be me, man. Yeah. And, and here's the coolest part. I, I, I keep saying I love some of these, and this is cool, and this is cool. But let me tell you, I think this is one of the coolest ones is this last one, man. Uh, he, when it comes to relationships, it says that he values relationships over material things. He said, you, you can't buy health and you can't buy love. And he says, I'm, I'm a member of a golf club and I want to be a member, but I'd rather play golf here with people I, I like than at the fanciest golf courses in the world. I'm not interested in cars and my goal is not to make people envious. It's just about connecting with people, valuing people for who they are. 
And that's what matters to him. He's 90 years old, bro. You know, no, I hope dude, that at 90 what? years old, I value people. I think I value people now, but I hope I value them more when I'm 90 years old. Man. Just being real. Yeah, yeah, for real. And then, you know, th- there's another article. I wish I had it, but there was, I was reading an article of where he started, where he, how he started working, how he put money aside. And, and you know, the Warrior Buffett investment, I guess, best strategy. thing that you can do is strategy is over time consistency. Oh. That's his thing. Yeah. It's consistency yeah. over time with the plan. And, um, and, I need to find that article so we can actually discuss it because it really points down and breaks it down of where he started, how much he invested, blah, 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 where he, and then and now he is where he is. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I, I think it, I think it's fantastic. So anyway, listen, go ahead, uh, go ahead yeah. and uh, give us the quote of the day. Yeah, man, this comes from, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it comes from Mandy Hale. And uh, as always, I like to read it twice. I know you don't like me to read it twice because it's, it takes away from your aesthetic, Alex. I'm so sorry, but I'm going to read it twice today because it's really good, man. All right. This comes from Mandy Hale and says, you don't always need a plan. You don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe. You need to trust. You need to let go and see what happens. Mandy Hale says, you don't always need a plan. Sometimes you just need to breathe, trust, let go and see what happens. My name is Carlos. It's like living the moment. This is Alex. Woo! Thank you so much for the show, guys. Peace. Peace.